Hi, I'm Elena Becker, and this is P.S., the Puget Sound podcast, where we're talking with members of our community about their Puget Sound experiences. Today, we're recording from Moonyard Studio in Tacoma, Washington, and our guest is Bailey Gamble, a junior from Denver, Colorado. Hi, Bailey. Hi. Thanks for coming to talk with me. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. And here's the first thing I want to talk with you about. There's a joke at Puget Sound that you can throw a rock and hit a Coloradan because uh, there are so many of you. Will you talk to me just a little bit about what it was like coming from Colorado to the Pacific Northwest? How did you decide to come here back in the day? Um, so I've gotten a lot of flack for giving this answer from some people before, but honestly, it was Grey's Anatomy. Oh, I started no. watching it when I was like 11 or 12, and I was like, Seattle is the best city. I have to move there. So I kind of narrowed down my college search just to the Pacific Northwest, um, came up here and absolutely fell in love with the area. And then my sister actually got mail from UPS um, that had the rainbow lettering and the Mount Rainier picture. And so I stole it from her, as one does, right. and fell in love with the school, gave it back to her at the end of the night and decided I was going to come here. And I was like 14 or 15 then. And it kind of just stuck with me since then. You know, I have to say, I don't know that the takeaway from Grey's Anatomy is supposed to be moved to Seattle. I don't think so. But that's what happened for you. Yes. And so then when you get, you've had this on your mind, you get to your senior year, you're going through the process. Do you ever waver or are you sure the whole time? I definitely did waver. I think yeah. that's really natural. A lot of my friends um, throughout high school, we all had our different college ideas and we all went back and forth. And a lot of us had very different ideas from when we were freshmen, when we were seniors, to even where we ended up. Yeah. Um, for me, it was kind of always this place in the back of my mind, even as I looked at schools like in the East Coast or down in California. Um, There's always UPS in my mind as a place that I had been to. I had loved. I had gotten a lot of mailings from them. I had gone to a lot of college fairs, had them come to my high school. Yeah. Um, and it was always this place that I knew that I would enjoy. And I had a lot of friends who were looking at schools up in the area or already went up here. And so it was kind of with me, even though there was some, I guess, doubts at different points. When you got to um, like the decision point, did you feel like you had to make a choice then or did you feel you felt like this is what I want and I'm good to go? It felt like this is what I wanted. I'm good to go. It was pretty obvious at that point. It was just a matter of signing that official letter and sending in the deposit. Um, but it wasn't really a, qu- a question or a doubt for me at that point. Yeah. So then the follow up question to that is if you were somebody who at that point felt like I'm ready, I'm good. What was the first thing that happened that made that was different than you thought it would be? When you think about sort of the way you pictured yourself in college and then the things that have happened, what was the first thing that didn't go according to plan? I definitely thought I was going to spend a lot more time in the library, I think, <laughs> and being, like, really productive. I had this whole plan. I was going to study for, like, X amount of hours each day, and I was going to be, like, really on top of yeah. it. And that's not how it went at all. I spent a lot of time in club meetings or at work or hanging out with friends and not as much time doing all the very, like, productive type A planning I yeah. made the summer before college. That's actually one of the things that I think gets kind of undersold in the process. And, of course, you're coming to college to go to school, and I certainly don't want to undersell that. That matters. Uh, I think people kind of forget that a good chunk of your time, once you're out of high school, you're not in class. Mm -hmm. And you get to spend having a life and having friends and clubs and jobs and sitting outside on the grass in the nice weather. Absolutely, yeah. Definitely a big part of the experience for me so far. So when you first arrive on campus, what is it you think you're going to major in? 
I was actually in business leadership program, so I was going to be a business major, probably going to do an economics major or minor with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd kind of done that because I was told if I didn't do business, I wouldn't be able to get a job. And I was really scared right. as a 17-year-old hearing that. Yeah. Um, and so I applied exclusively to business programs in mm-hmm. the like dozen schools I applied to in the end. Yeah. Um, so that was the plan, but that did not last very long. What happened? I ended up taking a communications class and I fell in love with communications. It was exactly what I thought business was going to be and business (laughs) was not what I thought it was going to be at all. And so it was not a question for me at that point of switching over to communications um, because that's more of like the marketing, human resources Mm -hmm. that I was interested in when I was looking into business initially. And I think that's one of the issues too with the like you go to college to get a job narrative is it really pigeonholes not just you as a person but also the idea of what are the things that you do in college that lead to a job? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that's come up for me in talking to alums on the podcast or just in knowing people in life is that oftentimes, like with your major, actually the things that lead to outcomes that lead to jobs are like the farthest thing from what you've planned possible, right? Yeah. Including, you know, what you major in maybe matters less than like who you met at an event or somebody that you sat down with one time or like a project that you did in your spare time mm-hmm. along the way. And so what a lot of what I've heard and what I've taken from that is like lean into the things that you love and let your resulting passion and energy and excitement work everything else out also. Yeah, I think that's like really true. And I always tell people that um, whether it's my high school friends who are looking at colleges or prospective families, if you find something you enjoy, it's not like it's hard to go to class anymore. Right. Um, for me, with that communications class, it was exciting to go to class. Doing homework was exciting. I got excited to do the readings. And that's a really cool feeling to have. And as much as I love the business department and have a lot of amazing faculty who I'm still in close contact with, I didn't feel that way necessarily about my accounting classes or my sure. finance classes. So it was a good switch to make. What was the first class you took in communications? It was organizational communication, um, a 100-level kind of just like an introduction, what is communications class. Yeah. Um, So pretty basic. And then I took another one right after that that was um, like the different theories of communication, communications 240. Um, And that was definitely a much more difficult class, but also one that was really fun. Yeah. And I think that's a good summary is when you're like this I want to go to this I'm excited about this this is cool I'm sitting up straight in my chair Mm -hmm. absolutely will you tell people who maybe aren't sure what what kinds of things do you learn in the communications department is it the nuts and bolts of here's how marketing works is it bigger conversations also what do you do It totally depends on kind of how you choose to set up your schedules. Um, We have kind of different tracks that aren't super official tracks here. So we have ones that are more media-based or more politics-based, more marketing-based. It depends on which classes you choose to take within that. So I'm really into rhetoric. I'm potentially pre-law, potentially marketing. I'm still figuring that out. So I've been taking more classes towards like argumentation theory and theories of communication, interpersonal communication, things like that. Um, But if you want to do more of like a a businessy approach to it, there's those classes there. Um, Generally speaking, communications is just the study of how we as individuals and members of large organizations can communicate effectively with Mm -hmm. one another and what are those underlying theories. And I have to say it's really helpful in like interpersonal conflicts or like roommate (laughs) conflicts, having some of those theories to back me up and my approaches to communicating with people. Do you ever cite your sources in those circumstances? I do. Um, Sometimes my friends find it endearing and cute. Other times they find it annoying and tell me to stop using (laughs) academia to settle personal arguments. That seems like a reasonable response. (laughs) It depends. What have been your favorite classes that you've taken at Puget Sound in your major or outside? 
So it's definitely going to be probably some of the outside of my major ones. Uh, I took a music class that was part of the seminar we take in our first year here. Mm-hmm. It was called Rock After the Beatles. I hear so many good things about Rock After the Beatles. Definitely the best class I've ever taken. Paul Harris, the professor, is a fantastic, hilarious professor. And the, the content for the class is also just, it's great. I mean, I got to listen to The Stones for my homework mm-hmm. and then write essays about punk music in 1980s Berlin. Right. Um, and there's not a lot of times when I can say that in a class. So that, you that got college credit. <laughs> for punk music in 1980s Berlin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was that a good one. And then I also took a sociology class with Jason Struna, um, and it was about social movements, and it was awesome because I was doing Senate that same semester, and so all the stuff we talked student about. Student government? Student Senate? government. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anything I was talking about in that class, I could apply into Senate meetings and different sure. organizations I was doing on campus. I was actually offered credit at one point for a protest I was organizing for that to count for the final. <laughs> um, and so it was kind of cool being, being able to bring in outside-of-class stuff into the class and have that count for, like, a credit and have it build into the class. That's one thing to me that I actually think of as sort of a hallmark of school at Puget Sound is the um, kind of naturalistic crossover between the things that you're learning in class and the things that you're doing outside of class, whether that's sort of structured um, experiential pursuits, you're studying abroad or you get an internship or whether that's, as you meant, like a club or an organization or something that you're just interested in where that overlaps with your academic learning. Mm hmm. Completely. Yeah, I think that's been one of my favorite parts and something I try to find in each semester is ways to connect my classes together and my classes to what I'm doing in my jobs or with my extracurriculars or just other kind of outside of class interests I have. I think it makes it a bit more fun and it's definitely liberal artsy um, to have those interconnections together. Ever wonder what repelling? a research symposium, and different types of moss have in common? I'm Tori Henson, Assistant Director of Admission and Transfer Admission Coordinator at Puget Sound, and you can go to pugetsound.edu stories to find out the answer. Talk a little bit about what it's like to be a part of student government. At Puget Sound, you, I would say you're the first person, I think, to have been affiliated with ASAPs that we've had on the podcast. Cool. Uh, so, that's awesome. So it's, fly the flag for ASAPs, yeah, Bailey. Yeah, awesome. A <laughs> uh, little bit of pressure with that. Um, it's really fun. Our student government is broken down, kind of like the federal governments. We have the executive branch, and it's like the president and the vice president, and I don't really do a lot with them, so I'm not going to really talk a lot about that. Sure. We also have a judicial branch, but I don't know really anything about that <laughs> one. Um, Senate is my pride and joy within that. It's... We have 15 senators um, from all different parts of campus. So we've got class senators. We have senators at large that represent the whole community. That's actually my position. Um, and it's we come together twice a week for about an hour each time to discuss different issues facing campus, um, to talk about clubs, club budgets. We get to allocate the roughly half a million dollar budget each year for clubs, yep. um, which is a pretty cool thing, especially when you're you know, like 18, 19 years old yes. and somebody gives you half a million dollars to allocate to people. Right. That's uh, it's something that's a kind of unique experience. It's big deal. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Those meetings definitely go a bit later until like 10 or 11 during that time of year. But it's also a lot of fun. Um, I got to have a lot of good experiences. I did a lot of things like Model UN in high school and getting to take those very like fake simulations and then apply it into student government where it's actual real applications. You know, we're actually allocating money to people. We're approving a club. We're passing a resolution that has a really substantive impact on campus. It's a really gratifying and cool feeling. What are some of the things that you're proudest of to have been associated with through ASAP Senate? 
Um, so a lot of that stuff is actually still in progress. Um, it's really cool anytime I hear any kind of a concern on campus, whether it's I want more recycling bins around campus or questions about different resources for students on campus, I can help to bridge those connections for people. Um, just being on Senate, we hear a lot of presentations about what's going on around campus sure. and I can tell people kind of those things. Or I can actually launch Senate projects and we have funding for that. Um, we have a lot of funds available for students who come to us with ideas, um, like getting all of the outlets in the sub on the upper Marshall part was done by a student who decided they wanted to have places to plug their computer in while they sure. were doing homework and Senate approved all of that and that happened through a Senate project. So it's cool getting to kind of do that and I'm currently working on a couple of projects. Um, one of them is getting more recycling bins actually in the Excellent. sub and some compost going in there. Oh, cool. Um, so we're trying to do that. It's all slow, especially right now because we aren't meeting during the summer, of course, right. but come the fall, we have a lot of plans to get ready for that. Did it um did being a senator and sort of having that I don't know if the right word is like authority or responsibility maybe change how you thought about yourself as a community member at Puget Sound like once you could hear someone say man I wish there were more recycling bins did you start to feel like oh I I can do something about that did that feel like an opportunity or a responsibility how did that change things for you yeah, it definitely felt like both an opportunity and a responsibility. Mm -hmm. um, it's when you have that little Senate title, it brings some force both from having the Senate body with you and also just the title of Senate. It kind of shows that you're somebody who's invested in the community. Sure. Um, and so it definitely got me more involved with, you know, overhearing conversations from my friends or somebody in the back of the classroom saying something and trying to find a way to help uh, people achieve the goals they had for campus. Yeah. But I think it's also important to realize that anybody can do that. You don't have to be on Senate. You don't have to be involved with ASAPs at all. Um, we have funds that are ex exist for all students and also just as a student, anybody can go to anybody in the administration or any kind of professor or faculty and raise those concerns. And there's going to be people who are willing to help them create that change. Right. Um, Senate is just one of the many bodies for making that change happen. That's a great point. And one of my favorite examples of this is the many people who have public office hours. So a lot of ASAP senators, a lot of student body senators will have office hours in Diversions Cafe where they are hanging out and have a sign up that says I'm a senator and you can go by and say hello or say I have I've noticed that there will keep going with the recycling bin example. I've noticed there aren't a lot of recycling bins in this one building. Let's do something about it. Mm -hmm. uh, but also the president of the university does this. Mm -hmm. We'll have uh, office hours either in the dining hall of the sub or in Diversions Cafe where you can swing by and do the same thing. Say hello or introduce yourself or, you know, talk about something that you have a question about or would like to see some movement on. And uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I've gone to a couple of those with President Crawford or just like ran into him in the Diversions coffee line before. Right. Um, and it's cool because he definitely knows students around campus. He'll like recognize me and ask follow-up questions about our last conversation. Oh, nice. Um, and I don't know a lot of universities where people can just casually say that about the president of the university. I also think there's one of the things that's so striking to me about what you just said is there's a big difference between someone who knows that they've seen you before, like a president who's like, yes, you look familiar. We have talked. And the fact that President Crawford remembered things you'd talked about <laughs> and followed up on them is uh, that to me says a lot about not just him, but also the institution. Yes, absolutely. Will you talk a little bit um, just about the other things that you're involved in? What else do you care about? What else fills up your time? What are you excited about? Yeah. Um, so I also write for the school newspaper, uh, The Trail, mm -hmm. which I write for the opinion section. Um, and as any of my friends will know, I'm a very opinionated person. <laughs> so getting paid to write about my opinions is a, is a pretty cool setup. 
Um, and that's been fun. And another way to kind of create change on campus when there's an issue that's sure. raised that I can't necessarily bring to Senate or don't have the time to bring to Senate, I can easily make an article about that and at least have that conversation going yeah. and find people who have similar concerns. Um, what else am I involved with? I'm a part of pre-law society. I'm oh. actually the president this upcoming year. I did not know that about you. I kind of forget it sometimes myself. <laughs> um, uh, it's really fun. We're kind of revamping the whole program right now. We're doing a lot of LSAT prep this upcoming mm. year. We want to try to do some like mock trial or kind of similar activities. Yeah. Um, just because a lot of us are legal nerds who enjoy discussing our favorite amendments and favorite court cases. What just- an excellent <laughs> way to pass the time. It, it really is. Yeah. Um, so that's a big part of my involvement. And then I also have a couple of on-campus jobs yep. um, that are kind of the other part of my time on campus. Should I infer from your pre-law society presidency that you are interested in becoming a lawyer? So as the president of pre-law, I feel obligated to say at least yes to that. <laughs> um, I, I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, I think so. I it's enjoy a law. Yeah, it's definitely a journey. I was actually just like reading something last night about some kind of legal question and I went down this whole rabbit hole of, well, based off of this other case and this amendment, yeah. and probably in, from there, I'm like, if I spend my time at 11 o'clock at night on a Monday thinking about this, law is probably a good profession. Right. Um, at the same time, I could see myself doing something like admissions, working in higher ed, sure. um, pursuing kind of like activist type stuff after graduation. So it's, it's, uh, it's up in the air right now. And one of the things that's exciting about that is especially given what you're armed with when you get a liberal arts degree is that none of those things are mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. You could go work in higher ed for a while or work in nonprofits or with activism for a while and then decide, OK, I see that this is really a good fit for me and the way to continue it or the way to um, like put more tools in my toolkit would be to go get a law degree mm-hmm. and understand those systems and kind of move life forward mm-hmm. in that way. And I think that's just always has always been really exciting to me, both for myself personally and in my community, is to see people feeling like they really have those opportunities. Yeah, I think completely. I have a lot of friends, you know, graduated just a couple of weeks ago or yeah. about a year ago. And regardless of what their major is, they've been able to do a lot of different cool jobs and volunteer opportunities and their prospects for grad school right now. I'm, um, you know, talking with them and they have so many different choices because of that liberal arts degree. They can really do anything they want to mm-hmm. now. Bailey, you're a junior, so you're about to be a junior. It's the Mm -hmm. summer. What are you looking forward to in your last two years at Puget Sound? It's kind of crazy to think that it's the last two years. Yeah, it's halfway. I know. Um, I'm really excited to take more of my major classes. Um, Junior and senior year, of course, when you really get down to the nitty gritty of the major. I'm also trying to pursue that music minor. So a lot more music classes coming up on my horizon. I'm really excited about both of those because I enjoy going to those classes and learning that material. And I love the faculty in both of those departments. Um, What is your musical instrument? I don't mean to cut you off. Just a quick sidebar. Um, Kind of piano, kind of guitar, kind of vocal. It depends on where I'm needed and what they're going to let me do at any Mm -hmm. given time. Um, So all three, but piano (laughs) is the one that I'm probably most passionate about. And what got you thinking about a music minor? It was honestly that music class I took as in my seminar. Rock after the Beatles. Beatles, Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had not really thought about music much. I had done it kind of for fun just growing up, never taken lessons, could not read sheet music. Yeah. And my professors all of a sudden talking, well, this is a fourth chord, so it has to resolve into the fifth, and that's good down Mm. to the one. And I was like, what are these numbers, and what do they mean, (laughs) and why do we care? Um, And it sparked this interest in me, and it just kind of snowballed from there. I took a guitar class. uh, I took um, some, like, other uh, acting and music classes, and I just kind of, it was something that wasn't even 
even a question for me at that point that I wanted to pursue it. Yeah. Uh, so it was definitely an accident getting involved <laughs> with that, but a very happy accident. Indeed. And I cut you off. You were about to say something else you were excited about. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, just, you know, kind of my extracurriculars, mm-hmm. um, ASAP. So I'm planning on continuing that for at least the next year, probably the next two years. Yeah. And uh, getting to get even deeper in with that. Um, one of the challenges, of course, of being in a four-year institution where we constantly have people coming and going is you're here for a short period of time. Right. And you want to make it count. Um, but there's also a limit how much you can do in just four years. Yeah. And so I'm trying to get some good foundation going. So after I'm gone, people can continue that and hopefully, um, you know, pick up the work where I've left off. Yeah. So that's kind of my biggest goal for the next two years. Awesome. all of our conversations by asking all of our guests the same four questions. The first question is, what's the best place on campus? Definitely the music building. Um, There's practice rooms. We've got like 30, I believe, pianos that you have access to, and some of them are soundproof, and I spend virtually all of my free time in that room. Um, Just On piano? On piano, sometimes guitar, sometimes singing, sometimes just on my phone because I want to be in the practice room, so I'm being productive, but (laughs) I I can't be productive anymore. Um, But it's really fun. Music students hang out in there. There's a lot of hide-and-go-seek games that happen (laughs) in the practice rooms late at night. Um, What is there to hide behind? Instruments? Instruments, yeah. There's a lot of lockers. It's kind of just like long rows of lockers and practice rooms. You can do a lot of hiding there. Um, So music students are kind of a fun bunch. We have a lot of fun with each other. We all spend so much time in there that we have to find a way to hang out some while we're there. What are you reading right now? Um, Primarily, I'm doing a lot of stuff like articles. Like I'm a huge fan of the Chronicle of Higher Ed, Mm. which is so incredibly nerdy to admit. That is nerdy. Um, Yeah, that's excellent. It's a really good read. I read it like almost every day. I'm kind of going with that potential higher ed route, Um, and then I'm also reading this book called The Language Instinct, which is how humans learn, create, and perpetuate language into different um, like how we create new languages and how we learn languages from each other. Um, And that's kind of that communications nerd in me coming Mm -hmm. out, just wanting to learn more about language. What is the best place to eat in Tacoma? That's a hard pick between Engine House 9 and Rosewood Cafe. E9, as we like to call it, is really fun um, for students to go to. The German department actually hosts dinners there where we just speak German to each other, and then they pay for your food and beer. Um, So it's always nice to get free food. And then Rosewood Cafe is just a couple blocks north of campus and has this really cute seasonal menu. Um, And my friends and I like going there after payday and just have a nice little, like, relaxing day when we're not cooking for ourselves. Lastly, Bailey, what makes Puget Sound special? The community. Um, without a doubt, you know, I have so many faculty who I haven't had in two years, but they still know my name and they'll stop when they see me on campus and have full conversations with me. Like I mentioned with President Crawford, you know, he'll have conversations where he remembers students. Um, students just like as each other, we're really good at knowing each other and meeting new people. Uh, there's always a friendly face, even in a brand new class where I don't really know a lot of people. And so it's definitely that community feel and just knowing that there's always people around who I know or will get to know very soon. Bailey Gamble, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you to our guest and to you, the listener. You can follow Puget Sound on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at UNIV, U-N-I-V, Puget Sound. And we hope you'll join us next time for another episode of P.S., the Puget Sound Podcast. Podcast.